Psalm 139, 13-14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is one of my favorite psalms for tons of reasons, Um, but it sort of sums so much of of the creation story. Uh, But here's what David says. Uh, uh, I, I wrote, I call this a matter of faith. David says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made because he is ever marveling at the mystery and miracle of God's creation and the creature he created in his own image. Um, You can't help but, you know, return to, I think it's Genesis 3, where all that's described, all of the creation is described. He makes the man in his own image, in uh, in his image he made him, and that's reinforced so many times. I guess my question would be, uh, in what ways uh, do we uh, hold the image of God? Where, where in us is that? Well, it's a great question, and it's it's a blend. You know, I, I contrast this statement with Psalm fifty-one, verse five, where David says, "In sin did my mother conceive me." So we're this blend of the image of God and this depravity that stains all of our lives. But to your question, you know, what part of us, what does that mean that we bear the image of God? Where my mind goes is right there in Genesis where it talks about us having the image of God. It's when God is speaking in the plural, let us create them in our image. And I think that speaks to the relationality. God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when God looked at Adam and Eve, God wanted something resembling that interconnectedness to be true of them and to be true of us. So when I think about the image, I I actually don't know. I, I can't wait till we get to glory. I can ask that question. What exactly did you mean by the image of God? But I suspect that a part of it, at least, has to do with God wanting us to live in harmonious, interconnected, interdependent, intertwined relationship, both with him and with one another. Yeah, the, um, I have two thoughts. I, I want to um, read something else I, I read in this, uh, on this passage, but you reminded me of Oswald Chambers, where, and, and this kind of goes to what part of us, uh, you know, you know, is, is so close to God, and that's the human heart. Uh, the basically, Satan uses the intellect to corrupt the heart uh, because there's so many things that are available to us, but not everything. And when we go for the things that are not available to us, um, we go outside the boundaries uh, of 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 however you want to call it, the good life or, or life close to God or whatever. I wrote that David is a biblical colossus. He's a giant killer, a great leader and warrior, a poet and a king. But he's also an adulterer and murderer mm-hmm. and in the case of his son, Absalom, a failed father. David, like every other man and woman, is composed of divinity and dust. But in the end, it is divinity part that we love about David. 